Because I believe that you're the kind of person who likes to hear good news, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Cure International. They're in 30 countries, and they provide surgeries for children who can't walk because of club foot, or maybe they've always hidden their face. A little girl who never smiles or looks anyone in the face because of her cleft palate, or there's a child near death because of hydrocephalus. And God will use Cure International to heal that child. And then the men and women who work at Cure will tell that family about the one true living God, the one who sees them, the one who loves them, the one who has a wonderful plan for their life. I love telling you about Cure and I love connecting you. If you want to know more, you can maybe even send a note of encouragement to a child who's ready for surgery or just came out of surgery. You can find out how when you click on Cure at lifewithlisawilliams.com. This is this, this is this is life. 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 This is life with Lisa Williams. Today's show is part two of Tammy Daughtry's Beauty from Ashes story. So I'm not trying to be bossy, but if you didn't listen to yesterday's show, it might help give you context. But you're a grown-up, so you can do what you want. I'm not going to tell you what to do. Um, I'm just telling you that this is part two. And as I was listening to Tammy... um, in yesterday's show, as I was just processing thoughts as she was speaking, I always have a high empathy for anyone who might be listening and you might say, well, it was easy for you, Tammy, because you don't know my situation. You know, my husband and I are estranged or he has really hurt me or my wife really hurt me and there's no way that we can be amicable even in co-parenting. And so I was thinking of you, if that's your story or someone you know, that's their story, as she was explaining the process of co-parenting with grace and love. And I could really hear her heart. Her heart was about her child, the love for her child and wanting her child to be healthy. And so I asked her, to kind of unpack that a little bit more. No, it wasn't easy. And, you know, my daughter's 16 now. And so we've, we've co-parented for, um, you know, really 15 of those 16 years because we were separated for a year and, and, um, and he remarried when she was five. I remarried when she was nine. And so, you know, co-parenting has had different rhythms and different experiences, you know, cause parenting changes, you know, you're co-parenting yes. a two-year-old or a four-year-old. The issues are fairly simple with potty, t- you know, learning to potty train them and, and what do you feed them and when do they go to bed and how many Disney movies can, can they see? And, you know, <laughs> they get into Facebook and social media and cell phones and boys. And, you know, so every year as she's developed as a young woman, parenting has changed, changed, co-parenting has changed. But at the core of my soul, the beauty that God gives me in every one of those co-parenting meetings or those moments that I respond to something with her is that experience that from my own childhood, what I wished mom and dad could have understood on what I needed from them, what I needed them to, to do, simple things like just encouraging me to love them both, giving me pictures of both parents, giving me a, a chance to, to say to my mom, gosh, I, I really miss my dad and it'd be okay. Yeah. You know, being able to say to my dad, I really miss, miss my mom. I, I'm having fun here, but gosh, I miss my mom. And so m- some of those deep uh, life experiences have translated into just common everyday moments with my daughter that the become beautiful out of my own 
childhood ashes because my goal has been, I've never wanted her to think I can't love you both. You know, I've, the opposite is true. I want her to know you can love your dad as big and wide as, as the whole world. And it doesn't mean by loving him that you love me less. And, and that, (laughs) that all by itself, I hope for her has been a gift that her heart is not divided. It's not, we've never played tug of war. We've, we haven't, you know, used her as a weapon between us. We, we've never, and, and this was one of the simple decisions I made, but it was the smartest thing I ever did is I said to her dad, I don't ever want to talk about co-parenting business, finances, schedule, Christmas vacation, who's going to buy volleyball shoes. I don't want to ever do that at the handoff. You know, those, those moments where it's a weekend exchange or a summer exchange or however you do it. I said, I don't ever want her waiting in the car, waiting at the door and us having co-parent conversations. I said, we have to do those separate and away from her because I don't want her to ever be nervous when we're exchanging her. I don't want her to be upset. I don't want us to get into an argument or a, a difficult conversation and her have to witness that. And I just want those exchanges to be positive and easy and fun. And so when she was two years old, we decided we would start having co-parent meetings or phone calls when she was asleep or, you know, use email, different ways to communicate. But again, that went back to my own life experience that unfortunately, some of those simple weekend handoffs were some of the most traumatic experiences of my life because mom and dad just, they didn't know how to handle those well. And Mm so, you know, when I look at, at, 15 years of handoffs, not once has she ever stood and waited while we argued, talked, or tried to figure something out. We simply make those positive, fun, hug, I love you, go have a great weekend with your dad, or, you know, pick her up at his house. Hey, gosh, you had a good time in Georgia. I'm so excited. I mean, those moments of exchange have, my my biggest motive have met, wanted to make those life-giving and joyful for her. And never, you know, when she's leaving me, does she, have I ever, ever given her a sense that it wasn't okay with me that she was leaving? I've tried to go the 100% other side is to say, baby, go have a great time with your dad. Go have a good time with your grandparents. I'm so happy you're going on vacation. I'm so, you know, there were moments when, when we were at the beginning of this, her dad was, you know, financially could do a lot more fun things than I could. You know, I remember sending, you know, hey, go have fun on that cruise. It was the first cruise of her life. She did it with her dad. And I wanted to give her the gift that it was okay to freely go, freely love, and freely have fun with her dad. And so I could talk for a thousand hours about the the common moments that that happens. But at the core of my being, that's where I say, thank you, God, that you knew I'd be a co-parent someday. And you equipped me with an insight of a child to do oh, this wow. in a radical yeah. loving way so that Lord willing with my daughter, that, that, that sense of brokenness or divided self or confusion that, that, that stops now. She's not going to go into her adult life wondering, is it okay to love my parents? And if my parents hate each other, well, what does that mean about me and, and who am I as a woman? And I mean, cause that, that conflict between mom and dad can, whew, it can deeply wound kids in a way that is sometimes takes 10, 20 years for them ever to get to a point of understanding and get beyond. So um, I apologize for the fire hydrant of, of thoughts no, and words are you here. Kidding? But here, let, let but me I, respond. Let, let me tell you what I'm feeling right now about you. First, you know, just to, to my friend who's listening, isn't it easy to love Tammy Daughtry? I mean, my word, <laughs> you know, it's easy to love you. Um, not only did she take the 
the ashes, you know, God did it. God took these ashes and made something beautiful so she could co-parent her daughter. But one step further, he even broadened her tent to allow her to just help lots of people. She established Co-Parenting International, coparentinginternational.com. This is a resource just so that you can heal. So as you're talking, Tammy, I thought a couple things. One is this is a good role model for what a healthy life could look like after mm. divorce. You know, mm. we need that. Somebody needs that, a role model, because mm. many people, the only role model you have, hate, mm. cut off. Yay for a role model. Thanks, God. That's an awesome thing for many of my friends. But the other thing is I feel compassion for people who don't do co-parenting well because mm -hmm. they just can't because of the searing pain mm -hmm. and the need for growth. Mm. And because mm -hmm. they haven't grown and because the pain is so raw, um, they can't do well at handoff because they're hurting and they they then they end up doing and saying things that they wish they hadn't, but there's just this need for growth and this mm. raw pain. And so mm -hmm. that's that's the thing that always burns with me, Tammy. Like I want to help people heal and I want to yeah. help people grow mm. because there is another side to things. There's a better yes. way. It's the Lord's yes. way. You know, he can help you grow and heal to that. This is something to aspire towards that you can help yourself and others post-divorce co-parent in this model that Tammy offers. And you can hear mm -hmm. Tammy's heart too. I mean, this goes down to the depth of her soul. This isn't some trite little thing that she's like, well, I'm just going to be nice because Jesus wants me to be nice. You know, she's gone way deep in her relationship with Christ to then strategically think, how can I walk this out in, in God's way, in the beautiful way that God could create for my daughter and for and then it makes a better life for Tammy, too. So healing and growth are so important. Well, and Lisa, I, I didn't do that by myself. Let me let me just say, you know, though that first year of uh, the year of being separated, the the first year to post-divorce. I mean, that was a that was a journey emotionally, spiritually. I mean, physically, logistically, it was the first time I'd ever lived alone in my whole life <laughs> when, you know, had roommates in college and, and roommates as a young adult and married with a roommate for eight and a half years. And then boom, first time I lived alone. I mean, my daughter was there, but when she was gone on the weekends or gone on the, you know, the times with her dad, I was literally faced with, you know, a home alone for the first time ever. And I'm a high extrovert and that's not a good equation <laughs> to, right? you know, to come home for, Oh, you've got 10 days with your daughter gone and a, you know, trip with her dad. What now? And so the, that journey through that transition from, from being a couple, being married, being separated, divorced and divorcing. Well, um, that was a journey. And, and I, I tell you, I mean, yes, first and foremost, uh, could not have done it without God's, um, compassion, God's love, God's faithfulness, yes. and being able to honestly, you know, cry, to be angry, to express myself authentically to God. I mean, he, he can take it. And he, yes. Yes. Uh, you know, we went through a lot, he and I, through that journey of dissolved dreams. And this, you know, this was never, I mean, coming from a divorced family, the number one thing I wanted for my life was a 75 year marriage and a thriving family. There, yes. That mm -hmm. was, that was the number one dream that I wanted to be radically different in my life. But 
that dream had to die. And then I had to decide now what? And so there were things I did to help take care of myself. One was I went through divorce care, which was a great resource at, at um, a church. And, and there are a lot of, you know, I mean, if you go to divorce care's website, there's, there's groups all around the country, very great way to go through a, a community experience, a small group experience with other people on the similar path. I actually also asked three women to be what I call my 3am friends and basically people that I could call in the middle of anything and just know that they were there to lean on and to catch me from going over the edge of, of life, you know, to, to call after a, a handoff when I'm hurting and saying, you know, gosh, she's gone for 10 days, you know, just knowing those three women were there. And the other thing was I was motivated, Lisa. I had seen what unforgiveness, what anger and resentment had done to my parents. I had watched that in my life and I did not want that. I wanted to be different. I wanted to be free. And so one of the things that I did continually ask God for was just a true sense of forgiveness and letting go and then being able to shape everything that I was focused on for my future in being as stable and whole and emotionally healthy as possible because I did not want my life to be defined by a divorce. I didn't want my daughter's life to be defined by it. And emotionally, I did not want to carry a 3,000-pound weight with me for the, the rest of my life. And that took hard work. I went to counseling. Yeah. Yeah. Again, you know, went to divorce care, read books. And it, it took an engaged, motivated woman who said, Lord, I want to be free. I want to be healed, and I want to be free. And that was the greatest gift I ever gave myself. And it didn't come overnight, and it came through years it was almost like that, you know, where, where you look in your rearview mirror and as you watch something, as you drive away, it gets smaller and smaller the further you get. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a journey to forgiveness and to, to being free. But that's why, you know, those handoffs can be peaceful for me is that I'm not carrying the past with me right now. Oh, I, hear you. I have I have forgiven myself for the mistakes I made in my marriage. I've forgiven Angelia's dad and and we are. Um, just putting everything we know into this journey, but we're forward focused and we're thinking about today and, and tomorrow, not not all the stuff of the past. So, you know, just somebody that 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 is in that dark place and, and is just rotten with pain and and anger and you know and, and and maybe your spouse had an affair and married that person. I mean, and that that's gonna show up in your life for a long time. Those are hard places to be. But I absolutely know that God will meet you in that place and he can set you free and he can give you the people and the tools around you to do life different so that you can heal and that 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 in a sense can become a beautiful uh, experience that five years from now you can sit with someone else and say, hey, I got free. Let me let me help you now get free. So I, I, those beauty, you know, beauty from ashes comes in a thousand different ways in the post-divorce life. And I, I think when I look back to that journey, that was my biggest request from God. Lord, just set me free. I don't want the past to define my future. I want to be free. 